0: since I became a member officially so I just kind of want to say that yeah yeah I, I just want to say that I definitely have been um, made to feel extremely welcomed from everyone between um, making sure I knew everything and see if I had any questions and just you know just kind of welcome me in and into the fold so I thank you and I definitely feel a part of the family um, so and, I, and I'm thank God for each and every one of you and I, I love you all so um, thank you. Um, so real quick, we're going to start with a quick prayer, then we're going to get right into the Word. So if you bow your heads with me. Um, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to come in fellowship in your name. We pray that you bring forth your Word this morning and you use it to touch the hearts of everyone that is under the voice. And we pray that you use the message to bring people into relationship with you and help those who are in already in relationship with you. In Jesus' Jesus name, amen. All right. So, After studying the Gospels, we learn that they are accounts of the life of Jesus from the perspectives or vantage points of four of his disciples, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There is some overlap between the accounts, and each account is unique in its own way. Whenever there is something present in all four Gospels, it means there is grounds to investigate. It's a reason to look deeper. Not only does the account we will look at appear in all four Gospels, virtually all the language is the same, and it is used in all the languages and all the events are in the same sequence that the event took place. This is such a noteworthy occurrence that I was led to study it for today's message. If you return with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 11, and we'll read it together. We have to say amen. I'm sorry. Chapter six, the Gospel of John, verse eleven. Oh, okay. It's oh, I see technology. We did that. It's up there too. So I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and get 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 the read or shout out to the to the to the tech ministry coming through. All right. Jesus then took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so nothing may be lost. And when studying this, I noticed that in each account, Jesus gave thanks before he distributed the loaves and fish to the people. So what I want to do is I want to examine this narrative, this event that took place, and I want to share my observations with everyone today and um, I want to talk about this morning my subject is being faithfully grateful faith being faithfully grateful so we start out um, Jesus and his disciples are in the Sea of Tiberias which is around the area of Galilee and there was a large crowd of people following Jesus and so Jesus took his disciples and they went onto the mountain the crowd saw Jesus performing some miracles and they likely was trying to get in on that they wanted them to do some things for him, things for them in their lives. Um, Passover was at hand, and with the large crowd l- closing in, Jesus asked Philip, Where can they buy enough bread to feed the large crowd with the money they have? This question was a test. Jesus wanted to see where the disciples' face wa- faith was face of discouraging circumstances. Philip says, They don't have enough money to buy enough food to feed everyone ultimately he failed the test though having seen jesus do what he does which baffles me because they witnessed jesus at work and they still didn't have faith and they had every reason to andrew then speaks to jesus he tells jesus that there's someone around with five loaves of bread and two fish but questions will he be will it be enough Andrew felt that the task at hand was seemingly impossible. He felt that the resources that they had compared to the need that they needed to fill was just not enough. Jesus has the disciples sit the multitude and account about 5,000 people. Jesus then took the five loaves and two fish and gave thanks for them. He gave thanks for them. And he began to pass out the food to all of the 5,000 seated. Jesus could have took issue with the amount of loaves and the fish, or he could have been anxious about the five thousand head count. He could have even found a reason to complain um when I was younger, My mother used to say that about me like you'll find a reason to complain about anything uh she's told me one time if she bought some lobster home, I would say you know it wasn't red enough, <laughs> and uh that's that Jesus could have took that perspective he could have he could have found a reason to complain. But instead, he was grateful, and he thanked God for what was provided. Once everyone was full, Jesus told the disciples to gather up the leftovers so nothing was was wasted. So not only did all the 5,000 eat, they all got full, and there was leftovers. They filled up 12 baskets with leftovers. After they fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. After Jesus demonstrated his gratefulness by giving thanks, God made the amount of resources that the disciples was worried about enough to fill the need and then some. This is what happens when faithful gratefulness is exercised. The 5,000 recognized what Jesus had done and saw it as a sign or a miracle and identified him as the prophet that they were waiting for. Jesus saw that that they were about to make him king, so so he withdrew into the mountain. I believe Jesus was modeling how to be used by God when he did that. and I'm going to come back to that. So, so, that's an inside joke from Bible study. We were talking about how when Paul is trying to get you to the point, he says, so? <laughs> so. So this is me trying to get it to the point. So, no matter the circumstances or how things may appear to look, we must appreciate all that God has done for us and be grateful for what he has provided. Furthermore, we must have faith that what he has provided will be enough, or he will provide enough in due time according to his will. So, naturally, next, next question is, how do we apply being faithfully grateful to our lives? It's very easy to look at what you have and how far it has to go around, how far how far. It has to go and doubt it's enough to go around. It's very easy to look at what you have, how far it has to go, and doubt it's enough to go around. Don't be like the disciples and be doubtful despite all the work you have seen God do in your life and those around you. Exercise being faithfully grateful. Be grateful for what he has provided and have faith that what he has provided will be enough or that he will provide enough in due time. Also, um, take a cue from Jesus when he uses, when God uses you in the lives of others. Be grateful that you were used and don't seek credit or recognition. Um, So before we, in conclusion, just wanted to give us some tools to carry with us. You know, I I like to give us the word and then send us out the door with some tools to use it because I don't want it just to be excited and then run into a situation and be like, Well, he ain't say nothing about this. What to do now? (laughs) Especially right now, right? Because we're in a global pandemic. And there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with that. And it's easy to feel like you might not have all you need to get through. And so I just wanted to share some tips to help us exercise that muscle of being faithfully grateful. One is a, a gratitude journal. I actually wanted to share a log out of mine to just kind of give an idea of um, how it can be helpful and how I use it. Um, I Actually, I chose this one for two reasons. One, it's the uh, one that I could read because my handwriting's not that great. So um, <laughs> it just made sense to go with that one. But also, this was the day after I had just moved, and I was kind of in a... Uh, a in a difficult spot emotionally, and mentally, because I really didn't want to move, and the circumstances around me moving wasn't the best, and so I just wasn't feeling feeling good about it. So I, I did a gratitude journal that day. I was um, grateful that I had a successful move, because I moved a lot in my life, and I really don't like moving. But you know, it went all it all went well, so I was grateful for that. I had support from Dayton, which is my brother, and that's my moving buddy. We knocked it all out. You know, we don't even gotta say nothing to each other. We just go and we start moving. You know, he know we're in the grab, I know we're in the grab. We know when to flip it, turn it, and we just move it and yeah, we got it done. I appreciated that. Um, I was grateful for the will to continue. I was grateful for a spirit of optimism. I was grateful that I moved into a safe neighborhood. Relatively. Still you know, relative. <laughs> relative. <laughs> relative. Um I was grateful for a fresh start. Yeah. I was grateful to be in a different space. I was feeling grounded, and I was also grateful for that. Uh, my mother and my sister uh, FaceTimed me just to see how I had everything set up, and they just wanted to make sure I was in good spirits. And I was grateful for that, too. Um, I'm 28 right now. I was 28 then. I'll be 29 in a couple of weeks. But um, I was just grateful to have lived and be living 28 plus years of life. I was just grateful for that. I w- was grateful for having perspective and understanding and for having peace of mind. And so, you know, at the end of that, you got these 12 items that you're grateful for, that you know, things God has done in your life. And you got this one situation that, you know, not the, I- not the most ideal, but you know <laughs> when you weigh it out, is it? What's really there to be unsatisfied about? Or what do you have to not be grateful for? Um, and that's how it helps me. Um, it also reassures me that if God has done all these things, you probably want to do some more things, especially in the areas that I'm trying to, uh, I might be worried about. Something else that could be helpful is watching the show called Undercover Boss. I don't know if y'all heard of that. It's a good show. Um, now I don't want to spoil too much, but pretty much the head of the company. Goes undercover, works with the front line of the company, and gets an idea of what's going on. And you really see what goes on in people's lives. Um, and you might think you got it rough. You might think you're having a rough day, or you had a rough situation. You, you watch Undercover Boss, you'd be like, okay. Well, you know, I I haven't been through that, or that's not my situation. So I'm grateful for that, and I, I'm I'm blessed for what I got. You know, I I I got this. I can help handle this. And um, But also, a lot of times, because of what they learn, the bosses learn about the lives of the people they touch, they you know lean in and help them in ways that they wouldn't expect. And so what you also see is God working in lives of people who have faithful gratefulness. Also, you know, if you're kind of feeling like you want to flex that muscle of being faithfully grateful, just think about what happened with those five loaves and two fish after God, after Jesus gave thanks for them. Just think about what God did to them, did with him. Fed 5,000 people, they were all full, and he had leftovers. And um, that's just that's just powerful. And if you reflect on that in those moments, then that would definitely be helpful to you and your spirit. Um, I just wanted to bring that to you, and thank you for your time. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel like I'm supposed to keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody came to save me, but I don't know what to say. Thank you.